Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On the Sideline, a podcast for coaches and aspiring coaches, where we share the best practices of coaching, interview with coaches, and experts in the field of coach education. Here's your host, Vin Blaine. Welcome to another episode of On the Sideline. I'm your host, Vin Blaine. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Cameron Megan who is a performance analyst intern at Preston North End Football Club. He is also a contributing analyst for the Total Football Analysis magazine. Thanks for taking the time to join me on the sideline, Cameron. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Good. Good to have you, man. I actually came across an article that you wrote. It was actually a two-part article on uh, how to break common pressing strategy. So I want us to have a discussion on what your research show. I know you started off looking at Liverpool and their 4-3-3 system and, and the strategy yeah. there that, that Klopp uses. And most pundits are saying, like yourself and others are saying, that this is probably one of the better pressing strategies around in modern football today. I want mm-hmm. you now to tell me some of the findings that you had and, and decisions that you came up with uh, uh, on how to break the pressing. Mm-hmm. Right, well, I think you mentioned loads of pundits seem to fancy it as one of the, one of the best pressing strategies in world football. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mainly because within that first line of the press, you can have almost three pressing Liverpool players take out six opposition players just with their pressing movements. So you have Mane and Salah pressing on a diagonal between the full-back and the centre-back. So they press the centre-backs but keep the, um, keep the full-backs within the cover shadow. So they're taking out two players automatically with that. Um, the central striker, Firmino, tends to kind of half press towards the striker, but also then covers the uh, number six or the pivot behind him and keeps him in his cover shadow. And then you've got the opposite inside forward in Mane, um, doing the same thing as Salah, effectively. So within that, you can cover the whole back four, the goalkeeper, because Firmino can jump from the pivot to the goalkeeper if the ball's played backwards and the pivot as well. So you're covering six players with three, potentially. And that, that's, you think that strategy is almost like cutting off some of the passing lanes? Is that type of a approach? Definitely with the, the wingers cut the passing lanes towards the full-backs. But they've also, Liverpool also opened the passing lane deliberately um, between the wingers and the central striker, which goes in towards an opposition central midfielder. And then from there, they've always got another central midfielder behind the opposition central midfielder. So they let them receive the ball and then just set a pressing trap and close in really tightly. And then the opposition can't progress up the pitch. So they, they cut some passing lanes and then deliberately open central ones. And then from central areas, uh, you've got, it's more of a high quality turnover. So you've got a better opportunity to then go and score from it if you can win the ball back. Win the ball high up. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so, all right, we know the strength. As you said, three can cover six, which is very imp- interesting for mm-hmm. coaches to, to understand that. I know explaining pressing, you do better with a tactical board. Yeah. We understand that. So just talk us through now. All right, that's a strength. And as you mm-hmm. said in your article, that with each system comes strengths and, and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I think the weaknesses are sometimes forgotten by 
coaches who are, who are, who are coaching us, uh, us their strategy to, to press. What are some of the weaknesses you think that, maybe in Clough, in Liverpool too, there must be some weaknesses that you see have seen. Give me an idea of what some of the weaknesses that coaches should be looking for. I think the main weakness within this pressing system is the role of the central striker for me, you know. So he's got to press um, inwards at a centre-back. He's got to also be able to jump onto the goalkeeper if it's played backwards. He's also got to keep a player in his cover shadow behind him where he can't see him. Um, so I think the way to kind of break Liverpool's pressing system, it's something um, Guardiola's done with Man City and it's something Carlo Ancelotti did when he was at Napoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, was dropping two players back, so making a double pivot, so almost making a 4-2-3-1. Um, and then Firmino can't keep two players within his cover shadow at the same time. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of just makes everybody's role within Liverpool's system change and therefore gives you more time to, to build up effectively. Uh, just just to get clarity for, for some of my listeners and coaches mm-hmm. who does not know certain terminology, when you speak of the pivot, explain what that means for me. Um, defensive midfielder or number six, so... The player within the holding role of the midfield. That's basically what you're talking. Or anybody yeah. in that in, in that position at the time. Mm-hmm. In that position. Okay. So I, I, another thing, if you know the weaknesses, and this is what you talk about, unpicking the, their, their their strategy, their movement. What are some of the things then that uh, when a coach when when a coach is developing his own strategy, what are some of the things that you think they should pay attention to in developing their own strategy or pressing the roles and responsibility of the players involved. I mean, throughout the whole article, it kind of it depends on what you're playing against, so what the opposition looks like and what their structure looks like. And the whole aim of the article really was to almost give give like a starting point to coach in terms of if I'm playing against a team that plays or that presses in a three four three, then I can think straight away, oh, four two three one works well against that or something like that. And then within that, you can coach your players on certain aspects of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what area of the field does 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 Liverpool do most of their pressing and, and well, um, how effective it is? They, 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 they press high. They press high, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the only teams that I've really saw them sit slightly deeper against in, into more of a mid press or a mid block is Tottenham in the Champions League. Finally, did it a little bit, mm-hmm. and Man City they do it occasionally just because Man City are, they have the players so that. Even if you match up against them, sometimes they can still break your press because they've got the quality there to do it. So you 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 think that uh, the, uh so the four three three to you is that one of the better systems to use uh, pressing if they can get that strategy down? Yes, certainly in this way I like it. You see other four three threes where it's it's a bit more flat and it's just um, the wingers press the fullbacks, the striker presses two two of the centre backs, and the other winger presses the other fullback. Mm-hmm. I think this system's much more effective because you've like I've mentioned you've got three players covering six. Then you've got more people that you can commit backs with. The, if the opposition does try and go long, you've got plenty of players back to deal with it. And then on that as well, you've also got to have centre-backs who are capable of dealing with um, aerial duels and things like that. Mm-hmm. So when Klopp was first at Liverpool, it was I think it was Martin Skirtle and Colo Torre were the centre-backs. And gradually over time, as, as Liverpool have improved, they've now got um, Virgil van Dijk. Joe Gomez, uh, Joel Matic, they're all excellent in the air and it, it seals that press. So if teams do want to play over it, Liverpool can win the ball the ball back that way as well. Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, there's one point that you made that I would like you to discuss, that the opposition's pressing and to break that shape of the, 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 the whole shape of the game and how the side looks to build up. There's some change in that. Um, in what way? Well, if a team presses, you're, you're a counter to that, to break that press. You, you must have a certain different a- approach to that. Ah. What, you, what is it that you see that... Okay, I think you pointed out 
in some of your, your demonstrations, how they can do that. As I said, there's no, there's no tactical board. But in what mm-hmm. areas are you saying double team or are you saying that they support players must be in certain mm-hmm. areas of the pitch? How do you approach that? Yes, yeah, so against Liverpool, I'd probably drop into a, a 4-2-3-1. So you have two players within that defensive midfield role. And therefore, Firmino can't keep both of them um, marked all the time. So you've got to, you're then creating a problem of, does one of the wingers come across to deal with this defensive midfielder? Uh, does a midfielder push inwards towards the ball? If a midfielder does push inwards towards the ball, can we then launch a long ball um, in the space behind them? Mm-hmm. And then, so that, that defensive midfield role is, is the key to breaking Liverpool's press, I think. And it, it, as I mentioned, it's something teams have used against them. Okay. So you're saying that to outnumber them in certain areas of the pitch is, is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a specific approach? I, I know you told me up top what Mane and Firmino and, and, and Salah, but what's the trigger for them to, to, to press? Um, I mean, there's many, but for Liverpool, it, it tends to just be centre-backs receiving the ball because they press that high. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's, there's many other in terms of if they're waiting for a trigger, it could be a heavy touch. Mm-hmm. It could yeah. be a certain a certain weak player getting the ball. So, I mean, I've, when I've wrote articles previewing Liverpool versus Manchester City games, I've always said Liverpool should trigger the press on Otamendi because mm-hmm. I don't think he's that great with the build-up play. So it, it can be targeting specific players. Mm-hmm. But Liverpool work on some triggers, but I think it, it's, it's mostly because they press so high. It's whenever the opposition's got an opportunity to play forward, they have to press. Mm-hmm. So, so, so... All right, the formation that you said uh, that, that Liverpool used a four-three-three. Did you did you check out any other? I saw, I, thought, I thought I saw you do three-four-three, but mm-hmm. that's basically isn't that basically the same approach? What's the difference? Um, yeah, so the slight difference is just well with a three-four-three. If if a, say if your left fullback pushes on, you you have then created a three-four-three effectively. Um, but with the three-four-three, you've got permanently high um, positioning. So if you imagine a high press in a 3-4-3, you've got seven players in the first two lines. Mm-hmm. So you've got the three and then the four. And within a 4-3-3, you've got a three and a three. The difference is just you have an extra player um, to press in high areas with. And then again, with, with a 3-4-3, if you press in the same way Liverpool do um, with the inside forwards cutting passing lanes, you can create that same, that same scenario where you drop two people onto the central striker and overload him. Um, so there isn't that much difference in it. It's, it's simply a case of you've got permanently higher players in wide areas. And I'm, I'm writing a piece at the moment about um, pressing traps and things like that that you can set within a 3-4-3. Then there's there's, all, there's always strengths and limitations with each formation. So you you want to mention any of those? Um, others it's not out yet. You want to mention any of those traps you can set? Just just maybe two or so, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. And, and, and specifically two. Well, let us use it three four three four three three because you know that is simple. Mm-hmm. Because you can morph into four three three from other formations. So what are some of the things that you you just said just now about traps that you can set for that? Because I want to. The coaches to get an understanding of when pressing, seriously pressing, mm-hmm. uh, how you can break out of it. Yeah, well, for me, pressing isn't. It's not just about winning the ball back. You've also got to you've got to kind of trick the build-up team into thinking they can get out, so that when they do try and play out, you can then nick the ball off them. So, um, as I mentioned, as Liverpool or in a three-four-three like this, you leave a gap between uh, one of the centre back and sorry. You leave a gap between the striker and the winger um, in the central area deliberately. Mm-hmm. So then from there, if, if a midfielder receives a ball with the back to goal, poor body orientation, you can you can press inwards from behind really well. And then because certainly in a 3-4-3 as well, you've got that permanently high positioning. You can have a winger tuck inside as well. You can have uh, the higher winger 
tuck in as well and you can have a striker press from behind as well so suddenly you've got kind of a, a cage of four players keeping this player in one position and if they all press in effectively and quickly you can nick the ball in a really really good area and then you've still got players high up the pitch to attack it okay okay in in uh in in club's approach do they press you say high up uh, most times mm-hmm. that's uh, and uh 70 percent of the time that's where they press mm-hmm. and and as you say they they it depends on they have different triggers in which they use and i figure that people who are weak first touch weak second ball so i'm speaking now to coaches who are listening let's go over that area what are some of the things they should should concentrate on when they're scouting their, t- their opponents mm-hmm. and they're planning to, and it, the, the team is a pressing team. So I am scouting a, a team. What are some of the things that I should really look look at? Just, you mentioned a couple already, but just go over them for me. So structure, structure or formation that they build up in is is a key one. So again, if, if, they, if they build up in a 3-4-3 or whatever, You've got to then think which formations best match this up. And players, I think, so which players um, look to get on the ball, which players make movements to get on the ball, who are they trying to play through? Um, And then obviously if you can stop them playing through this player or then set traps around this player, you can have success from it. Um, I think quality takes takes some part as well. So I've mentioned Liverpool sometimes don't. Liverpool sometimes sit off a little bit against, against, say, Manchester City, so they don't press super, super high. Because they know Manchester City have the quality of some players that they can break that press. And if they press it really high and Liverpool have committed fully, then Man City have got the players on the higher up the pitch as well to, to cause problems. So within any scouting, I think you're looking at what their style of play is. So what do they try and do most often? So if they're constantly trying to get into their defensive midfielder, then you've got to think, why are they doing that? And then you've got to think, how can we exploit that? So do we not want the defensive midfielder to get the ball ever? Or do we want him to get it and then pressing from there. So when, when you have a team that, you know, definitely is a pressing team, I, I gather from what some, some things you said in your article, maybe your formation can change to counter that pressing mm-hmm. system. Are you recommend that? I mean, well, I, not about recommending. I, a lot of coaches don't like to change their formation, no yeah. matter what. But I've seen where Liverpool and, and, um, and, and Man City, all those teams oftentimes come back. Either they use a, make a tactical change, uh, bring in a different player for, for the particular game, or, mm-hmm. or they change the system. Have you seen that type of approach from teams where they'll change a system to, to, to um, counter a pressing team? Yeah. Um, I cover lots of German football, mm-hmm. and I think within Germany, tactical flexibility is becoming a really, really big factor in most teams' success. Mm-hmm. So teams like um, Borussia Mönchengladbach and RB Leipzig, they are very pragmatic in the approach sometimes. So they do um, line up with different formations constantly, um, just specifically to that opponent. But I think it comes down to common sense in a way. So if we're just creating another scenario in terms of if a team plays a back three and you press in a 4-4-2 and you rely on your strikers to press the back line, a 3v2 um, automatically should start ringing a little bit of alarm bells. And then that back three can stretch out really, really far. And a front two doesn't really, if the back three are any good, they shouldn't really stand a chance of pressing you. Right. Um, so if you're stubborn in your approach and say, we play 4-4-2, that's, that's how we coach it all the time, mm-hmm. then 
if teams adjust to you, then you'll get found out from it. So if a team then presses high against the back three with two strikers up front um, and they commit, then they'll find a way, the opposition will find a way through, um, probably through the wing backs who, who are allowed higher if you play a back three. And then from there, you're just asking for trouble, really. So yeah. I don't think we can play <laughs> the same system constantly. Right. Well, uh, that is that is something I'd said to coaches. A lot of coaches tend to want to just use the same players same system mm-hmm. right through. They are for they are forced to use another player some oftentimes because of injuries. But in your in your in your observations, when teams change their formation, do mm-hmm. they oftentimes change the starting players too? Um, sometimes, same, but sometimes, uh-huh. sometimes in terms of just like roles within different formations, you can get. But again, particularly in Germany, I think coaching players to play in multiple formations and almost different positions and roles mm-hmm. is certainly something that I think is really important. I mean, um, academies like Ajax and things, I don't think they lock down positions until under 15s or something like that. And I'm a fairly big believer in not locking down players into positions too early. Certainly from my experience, I was, I think I was a centre-back from age age 11 and I don't think I played anywhere else apart from full-back until I was about 17. Obviously, I'm not I'm not a professional footballer or anything, but that, that was just my experience from it. Yeah, but not not being a professional footballer, oftentimes being an analyst, you know, you're not you're not you didn't play at the top level, but your your specialist area is analyzing games, which I think that from your from what I'm getting here now, there are very good points that you're making. Are there any other areas in the pressing that coaches should be aware of outside of what you just? Just off the top of your head, what do you think that coaches should be really, really aware of as far as the pressing game is concerned? Um, I think you've got to have the players for it in some aspects. So, particularly if you if you want to press if you want to press over big distances. So, if you want, say, your fullback to press the opposition wing back, that fullback's got to be quick because it, it's a large distance. So you've got to cover it, and if if they're not quick enough to cover that distance, that player's allowed to receive the ball and then play a pass before that player's even got there. So you've got to consider what squad you have. Um, obviously, um, if you take it back to Liverpool again, Liverpool clearly didn't feel that they had the players to, to press in that way effectively. So they've went out and spent all the money. But um, yeah. obviously, grassroots coaches don't have that luxury. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for, for sure. So I know you are presently an analyst at, at, at a performance analyst at Preston North End. You're your intern. Mm-hmm. So, and you're actually in school yep. preparing for your career. Give me a few things that in your, in your education side, in the, in the university, and they're talking about analysis. What are some of the things that, they sh- that, they, that comes out at you in your training? Apart from you being practical on the pitch, what are some of the areas that they concentrate on to give you a guideline on how to be an analyst? Well, my, my degree is mainly focused on coaching, but there are, there are, some, um, there are some analytics things behind it. But um, I mean, when I started um, down the road of becoming an analyst, I I just started writing. I started watching lots and lots and lots of football, basically, and reading um, other people's work. So reading people's work who, at the time, I deemed better than myself, and some of them still are, definitely. Um, so it's, it's about just gaining other people's knowledge. Just don't be afraid to... Um, magpie or steal for people's little bits of little yeah. bits of knowledge and then from there piece it all together and then eventually you should be um for the, the biggest thing that comes out from all of it is watch lots and lots and always be around football so at university we have we recommend to do 10 hours of external stuff so that can be anything within football so that could be coaching that could be watching three games but there's, there's certainly a difference between watching a game of football and analyzing it 
And I think right. the deep the deeper you get into analysing, it almost doesn't doesn't ruin your football, but it, it changes it a little bit for you. It becomes a bit more like you know what's going on, so you're like, oh, well, that's going to happen there, and it becomes a little bit less less chaotic and a little bit more structured if you like. The approach the approach to analysing a game because that's one of the big areas that I've come across with some coaches. They watch a game, but oftentimes they watch a game as a spectator mm-hmm. where, the, where the ball is, you know. And so if you ask them how the build-up was done, they couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. So if you're analyzing, do you look at specific areas for a period of time? Or do you break down your analysis when you're watching a game from what you've been doing so far? Do you concentrate in a particular area of the game for a particular time and then you move on to another area? How do you, how do, you do that? It kind of it just focuses on um you know, in a way it's just, it's more just breaking it down to the basics. So it's what does one team do in possession? What's it do out of possession? Um, what's the shape like in both? Um, and build up and patterns and things like that. And then you're on to transitions as well. So how does their in possession structure help them in transition, or out of possession structure help them in transition? Mm-hmm. And then the same for the opposite team. So it's. Within any, with any movement or pass of the ball in football, I'm basically thinking that ball's gone there. Why has it gone there? Um, why do they want the ball there? Have the opposition forced them there? If so, how has the opposition structure forced them there? There's a lots there's lots of just how's that happened or why has that happened as opposed to that's just happened. <laughs> right, right, right. So you, you, all, you look at strengths and weaknesses of individual players. You look at their look at, um, bit, yeah. ten, and tendencies. You look at tendencies for the players or, or the team, the team itself. Yeah, yeah but- so whenever I'm looking at trends, it's I've usually got a rule of if, it, if it's happened uh, usually at least three times, maybe twice. So if, if they've done the same thing two or three times, you st- it then starts to become a trend and you start to think, um, that why are they doing this in, in that way? So, I mean, sometimes when I'm analysing um, football matches for the website, you end up with 60 screenshots of different things and you might, you might only use 20 because yes. um, some, of them, some of them don't end up becoming trends within the game. But it's, again, lots of it's about structure and it's why is this structure making this structure do something else or along those lines, if you get me. And so, so a trend would be almost like a, a, a pattern of play if it, if it, if it um, happens more than once, twice, and the way they mm-hmm. attack or defend. So those are some of the things you look for. Yeah, it, it can be um, how they're looking to build up. It can be how they press. It can be one particular player pressing poorly. It can be anything within the game, basically. Anything that impacts the shape of the game. Okay. All right. Some good points there. Before I finish, I also want to get back to uh, Klopp. And I know you have you, you have uh, Guardiola who does that pressing. Klopp does that pressing. And I think Simeone does the same thing also, but different ways, right? Mm-hmm. You see any distinct difference between the way that Pep, uh, that Pep prepares his team or in the game, his strategy, as compared to... Uh, in Liverpool's strategy, what's the difference you see in, in their in their uh, pressing strategies? Uh, well, they both press um, relatively high, mm-hmm. um, but again, it's structure-wise. Um, City's structure kind of changes a little bit sometimes. They, they certainly they usually don't play a four-three-three. Sometimes they can press um, within a four-four to just a flat four-four-two, which is something many coaches you, you get coaches sometimes scared of playing four-four-two now because of the kind of stigma around it certainly in England anyway in terms of it's almost an old-fashioned tactic but yeah <laughs> um, it, it's something teams are starting to go back to a little bit um I know P- PSG use it quite a lot and they use that also because they like having almost four attackers all the time in um Neymar, Cavani, Icardi, um Di Maria so their pressing structure they therefore accommodates those players as well um 
Liverpool, Klopp's always kind of done that 4-3-3 press. It clearly works for him. Um, it, there hasn't been that much adjustment in that pressing structure from Dortmund to Liverpool. Is there anything else in press that you think is, is important for coaches to, to, to understand? Yeah, so whenever I'm coaching pressing, um, I like to do it um, in threes. So obviously 4-3-3 kind of lends itself to that a little bit. But in terms of that, I like to have one player um, putting pressure on the ball constantly. I like to have then two players coming in from the sides putting pre or ready to put pressure on the sideways options as well. And then you kind of then break it down into roles. So if you've got um, sort of like a, I kind of do 6-3-3 rondo sometimes. Mm -hmm. So if you have one player always pressing the ball, them sideways options have also got to cover diagonal passes past that player and then they've also got ready to they've also got to get ready to press um forwards towards that sideways player as well um so they're kind of some of the rules that i go along but there's lots of i think sometimes there's a lack of understanding around pressing it's not it's not just running towards the ball there's, there's lots of stuff there's what angles you run at um what body shape do you use when you get there um, where you're trying to show them uh how intensely do you run towards the ball I tend to coach about 80 to 90%. Simply, if, you, if you're running at 100% of your speed, you can't manipulate your body properly. And if the ball does go uh, in one direction away from you, you can't turn quickly enough to, to then adjust your run and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of stuff to coach with impressing. It, it, it's one of my favorite topics to coach, certainly. Yeah. I can tell. I can tell. Anyway, you're, <laughs> you're, you're great about it. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and I hope to talk to you soon. That coaches was young Cameron Megan, who at only 18 years old has the knowledge of a seasoned coach and analyst. His views on breaking pressing strategies were quite informative. Looking forward to you joining me next time on the sideline, where I'll be discussing another interesting topic. Thanks for listening. If you found value in the show, please share with your friends. We'd love to hear your views. So if you haven't already done so, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Make sure to visit our website at onthesideline.net where you can access coaching sessions and more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.